Մեր թարգմանիչները այսօր ստեղ չեն։ Բայց ես կաշխատեմ, որ թարգման եմ հայերենով։ Հետ ձեզ, որ եղբար էդվարդն ասում էր մենք շատ լավ շապատվա վերջը շատ լավ ժամեր ունեցանք։ Եվ իշկան հրաշալի է, որ նորեց հիշենք, որ աստուլ լավությունը մեր կյանքի մեջ։ Եվ աստուլ սուրպոգու գործը մեր կյանքերի մեջ։ Ուզեմ դեզ էդ կիսվեմ, մե հատ բար, որ մենք շատ են գործածում է Քրիստոնյա կյանքի մեջ։ Մենք մեկ բար ունենք, որ շատ երկում ենք մասին, աղոտների մեջ գործածում ենք, և ամեն ավետարանի մեջ էր շատ տեղեր տեսնում ենք էդ բարը, և մե ատ էդ բարերից մենք էս որ ուզում ենք կարթանք և սողոր ենք էդրա մասին։ Եոհան Սբաստիան բաղկը մեհատ լավ բան է մուզիկ ստեղծող էր, սարքող էր։ Եվ Քրիստոնյա էլ կար, հավատացյալ։ Եվ ամեն անգամ, որ մեհատ մուզիկի նոտեր էր գրում, երեկը տար է վերջով ստորագրում էր ես։ Միակ ասո պարքի համար։ And so everything he wrote at the end, you find this is his own handwriting, Bach's handwriting. You find these three letters. So Bach inch sevi music ver grumer, verche estevi stora grumer. Menak astu parke hamar. It's interesting that there's a new record company, CD company, come out that's producing Bach's music. Mehat kompanie hima sarkve boris Bachi music musicner norit sarku. And they've called the company SDG. And I'm sure there must be some Christians behind this company. Because all the music he wrote was for the glory of God. So that's the word that we're thinking about. It's the word glory. What is God's plan for our lives? The Bible says it is to bring many people to glory. It's not just that God wants to save us or put us into his people. But he wants us to be with him in his glory. There's a very short uh, creed we say in English, a uh, very old belief, it's one sentence. It says this, man's Chief end, main end, is to glorify God. 
and enjoy him forever. Եվ իրանից հաջուկ տանի միջև հավիտյան։ This is a very famous statement in Christian theology. Man's main end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's why when Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He lists all of God's blessings. He keeps repeating this to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. And there is no greater glory for us than to glorify God. Now, people that are outside here, that they cannot understand this. And they think we're wasting our time. But the reality is that life without God has no real value. So the only person in the world who really enjoys complete contentment is the person that knows that the only real purpose in life is this. To live for God's glory and praise. And such a person lives for God and in living for God he finds life for himself. And that's why God made us. He made us that we might reflect His glory. Paul says that man is the image and glory of God. Now, of course, we unfortunately know what happened. Sin came and messed everything up. And so Paul says those famous words, Everybody has sinned. And all have come short of the glory of God. And worse than that, what people do is they exchange the glory of God for images that are around you. I mean, I mean, you remember about the people of Israel? I mean, God had helped them get out of Egypt. God had blessed them. He'd freed them from that bondage. And when Moses goes up the mountain to meet with God, they say, oh, where's Moses gone? Where is God? He's gone. And it says in the Psalms, it has this verse, they made a calf 
Եվ ավետարան ասմ է, ինչ է խավ, մովզը զվոր գնած, աստուն էլ չին տեսնում, եկան մեհ հատ կով սարկան, բանից, այերկատից, ասկսան էս կովին պաշտելը, they exchanged the glory of God for the image of an animal that eats grass. Աստու պարկը շուտ պոխան մատ կենթանի հետ, որ խոտ էր ուտում։ And it's the same today. Եվ էսօր էլ նույն բանը կատարվում է։ People look to the objects that are around them. Մարդիկ աշխատում են շուրջեր նամանգան մե բանի հետ, որ իրանց կյանքը լեցնեն։ You know, it reminds them of their, their self-respect, their dignity, their value. Մե բաներ են աշխատում չարեն, որ իրանց արժեք տա, մե բաներ արնեն, մե բաներ տեղավորին իրանց կյանքի մեջ, որ իր կյանքներ մեկ իչ արժեք տա։ They look at their homes. Իրանց ունեն են նայում ինձ սիրուն է օրինակ։ The jobs that they have got. Gortzera et gort irans gortzi mijotsov me arzhek en dunum irans kyanki amar. The cars that they've got. Mekenaner sirun mekena unen mekich irans avela arzhek talis. The qualifications that they've got. Orinak hamar saranen verchatsre inch gortunen atrank irans arzhek talis. And they even look family and friends. Yev heto partsenum en irans antaniknerov irans yerakhanerov irans ankernerov. They look at their pets. Naimen patazner irans shunukatunerov. I mean, here in this country, you know, seems so many people have got either dogs or cats. Or in a case here, groom shot car ever ever shun unesu kati unesi vishkan kizi arjekenta nu borte unesed pana. Now maybe you have a dog or a cat. Forgive me. Chemi manu karuga duket shunu kati unek nerekinzi. When I sometimes go out around the park just to meet with the Lord, there's a park near our home. Pata hasmat park kamer kochi yesetu mum kailelu ver karagana mekchal agotem asu ejaman sasne. People come, but everybody that comes, they've all got a dog with them. Martikel Galisen and the Kailelu, but all of Galisen had shown Zerkaka. And they're all looking to see where my dog is. But you know, you see the, the, the importance that people give to these things. And they use all their time and their energy to pr- preserve all these things. Because if a person believes that there's nothing greater than himself, whose glory he's supposed to reflect, then he finds that assurance for his own dignity and self-respect in those things that are around. But of course, to worship a thing like this is to regard ourselves as being less than the very opposite. We are human beings. And these things around us are only objects. And they fade and they rust away. And gradually the person will see himself just like that object he's beginning to see. What does God say? He says, people like this, they are fools. And 
And they, they've exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. And it says images like man, birds, animals and so forth. And then it says they've exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. And that's what millions of people are doing in our country today. They're worshipping and serving the creature rather than the creator. So what does it mean to live for God's glory? Well, when we think about God in a wonderful way, he shows himself to us. His power and his glory. And, and he's called the father of glory. And when it talks about the glory of God, it talks about it in two ways. On the one hand, it speaks of the glory that belongs to God. His power, His majesty, and so on and so on. But on the other hand, it speaks of the glory that is given to God. That praise. Praise and worship that God has a right to receive from us. In the book of Ezekiel, it says this. Ezekiel says, The glory of the God of Israel came. And I fell upon my feet. The glory of God came. And the response of Ezekiel was to fall upon his face. And so there's two things that are coming together here. There's the majesty and the power and presence of God. That's his glory coming to us. And then there's our response. Which is our worship towards him. So you've got the glory which is shown. And the glory that we give to him. So let's look at these two now separately. In Revelation, God shows us his glory. In discipleship, we give glory. So the first one is God's glory to us. And the second is us giving glory to him. 
մենք իրան փարտալ So in revelation God shows us his glory In discipleship we give God glory God reveals his glory His very being his nature First of all uh, Creation reveals his glory. You know, one of the wonderful things about being down at Ashburnham is you can go out there in the morning where it's all quiet and you see what's around you. And the Bible tells us the heavens declare the glory of God. And, and, and we look at all these wonderful things around us. And it is God revealing His glory. And that's why the Bible says the whole earth is full of his glory. But it's not just in his being or his very nature. He also shows us his glory by his presence with us. This is the reality of the glory of God. It's his presence with his people. And all the wonderful things that he does for us. He comes to be present with his people. And he shows himself to us by his actions. And as we see all these things, we're, we're awed by the wonder and the splendor of the Lord. Now, how did this happen in the Old Testament? Well, the glory of God had the physical form of light. Especially as there was a bright cloud that led the people of Israel. They've come out of Egypt. They've got to go through the wilderness. And the glory of God led them. And it was like this bright cloud. It says there in the Bible, in the morning, you, you will see the glory of the Lord. And as they look toward the wilderness, Behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the clouds. And it wasn't just there in the wilderness guiding them. But you know, God really wanted to live amongst his people. He wanted to be a neighbor to them. They were all living in tents. So he says, you made me a tent. But of course it was a special tent. And, and, and he tells Moses how they're 
how they're supposed to build this special tent. That he might meet with his people. And his people might meet with him. And you get to the end of the book of Exodus. And uh, this special tent is being built. And we read there, it says, the cloud covered the tent. And the glory of the Lord filled this tent, this tabernacle. So it's not just that the, the cloud was leading them, the glory, the glory of the Lord. But that there, where the people are all camped in their tents, the glory of the Lord comes upon this special tent, this tabernacle. But you know what it says? Moses was not able to enter the tent. Because the cloud settled upon the tent and the glory of the Lord filled this tent. So after all these chapters in Exodus that have told them how to make this tent, and it goes into great detail, chapter after chapter, what they're supposed to do. It's now already. This is the end of the book. And it talks about the glory of the Lord. But, such was the meaning of the glory of the Lord that Moses couldn't go in. Because, of course, the glory of the Lord is linked with the fact that God is a holy God. He's a righteous God. And so, when the glory of the Lord comes, as it does upon this tent, when it's already, so His holiness is there. And nobody can enter in. So what can be done? It's the end of the book. Well, do you know what the answer is? The next book. First verse. It says, if anybody wants to come near, you've got to Bring something that will bring you near. 
It says, when any of you brings an offering or a sacrifice to the Lord, what does the word offering or sacrifice mean? That which brings near. So what God is saying, when any of you comes near, you've got to bring something that will bring you near. And that was exactly the place of the sacrifices. That without the sacrifices, nobody could enter the glory of the Lord. And they learned that yes, God is holy. And it's only as our sins are forgiven that we can ever enter into the presence of God. That we can come near to Him. So the whole of this book, the next book, is all about the sacrifices. They certainly learned this in, in those days. That God wants to meet with us. His glory comes. The cloud is there. It fills the temple. But we cannot come in. Unless we bring something that's going to bring us near. And it's only those that are being cleansed through the blood sacrifice that comes This is how God manifests his glory. And of course, we know that all of these sacrifices pointed to the perfect sacrifice that would come in the future. So when we think of God's glory, we're not just thinking of God's glory being revealed in the Old Testament. But the wonderful display of God's love and power to us, of course, is in the person of Christ. In the New Testament, this is where God's glory is seen. Jesus comes. He has this glory in himself. And he also wants to reflect the glory of God. And so it says that God who spoke in the past through the prophets. In these last days he has spoken to us through his son. And it says about Jesus that he is the the radiance yeah. 
Եվ Հիսուսի մայջոցով ասում է ինքը աստծո պարկ ցույստ բանը պարկի պատկերն է So wonderful expression Եվ իսկապես էս սիրուն դասախոսություն է I always remember one of the films of the life of Jesus Of course, there have been many over the years. But I remember when we first went to Iran, there was one that had been shown in nearly all the cinemas in Iran. And wherever we went, it seemed that everybody had seen this film of the life of Jesus. The name of this film in English King of Kings. But they couldn't use that title in Iran. Because the Shah of that time, he had the same name. So they had to change it. But what name did they use only in Iran? They chose the title Eternal Glory. Jalale Abadi. I think Mahavitianagan Park. Eternal Glory. And I thought that's wonderful. Yes, he's still King of Kings. But what a nice title to choose. Eternal Glory. And it tells us that, yes, He is the radiance. He shines the glory of God. And so John says, he says, yes, uh, the Word became flesh. He lives amongst us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of as of the only Son from the Father. And so, the Father is called the Father of Glory. Jesus is called the Lord of Glory. And, and all that Jesus does in his life is to show the glory of God. You remember when he changed the water into wine? And it says it was there that he manifested, he showed his glory. And you remember that time when he took three of his disciples and they went up the mountain and his face was changed, it was transfigured. And they had a wonderful revelation of the glory of Christ. And a Moses came and Elijah came. But what were they talking about? Yes, there was that demonstration of his glory. But they were talking about his death. That perfect sacrifice that would take away sin. That without that we cannot enter the glory of the Lord. 
And so Jesus, when he talks about his glory, he especially links it to his death on the cross. And he says there, when he's uh, talking, he says, um, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. That, um, that, that grain of wheat, the seed, if it doesn't die, it's not going to bring forth fruit. And then he goes on and he says, uh, Father, glorify your name. Shall I say, Father, please save me from this hour? No, for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then it says there was a voice from heaven. And Father says, I've glorified it. And I will glorify it again. And Jesus goes towards the cross. He says, Now is the Son of Man glorified. And God is glorified in him. The death of Christ. Demonstration of the glory of God. And in all these things, we see the glory of God. His, his resurrection from the dead. His ascension back to heaven. They're all demonstrations of the glory of God in Christ. Remember that Jesus said when he prayed to his father, he says, Father, glorify me in your presence. With the glory that I had with you before the world even began. What a wonderful statement, huh? The Jesus who was there from the beginning. Christ was raised from the dead. By the glory of the Father. God who raised him from the dead. Gave him glory. He was taken up in glory. And in a day to come, he's going to come back in glory. And we look forward to that time. Because when Jesus was praying, he said this. Father, I have a desire. I desire that those that you have given me may be with me where I am. To see my glory that you have given to me. Because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So how far have we got? 
God shows his glory. First of all, he glorifies himself. He glorifies his son. And he also glorifies his people. Not just himself. Not just his son. But also us, his people. And again, Jesus says that when he's praying. He says to the Father, I am glorified in them. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. So this is all part of God revealing himself in his glory. We haven't got to our response yet. It's all God's glory coming towards us. We have the wonderful privilege of the glory of Christ living in us. Paul says, uh, the God of this world, that's Satan, uh, has blinded people's eyes. So they might not see the glory of Christ. But then he talks about believers and he says, The God who said, let light shine out of darkness, he is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That's why, what is it that God wants to do in our lives? He wants more and more of Jesus to be seen in us. Not our glory. But the glory of Jesus. Because Jesus by his spirit is living in us. And so through our personal relationship with Jesus, the very splendor of God's presence enters our lives. And he says, uh, we're like people that are looking into a mirror. Where in the Greek it says two things. It says that we, we, we are, we're looking at what's in the mirror. Or we're reflecting what's in the mirror. But what we're looking at is the glory of the Lord. And we're being changed, we're being transformed into the same image, the image of Christ. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 
That's the reason why we need to know more of God's spirit in our lives. In order that more and more and more of Jesus, the glory of Jesus might be reflected in us, might be seen in us. Because God is changing us so that we become conformed to the image of his son. And so it's like being on a journey. Where God wants to make us more and more like Christ. And the end of the journey is that we will enter his glory. That's, that's why Paul says, Christ in you the hope of glory. Because we are not perfect down here. But one day we shall see him. And we shall be like him as he is. And so Paul says, yes, there's lots of problems down here. But it's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. And he will change our bodies so that they will be like his glorious body, his body of glory. And it says when we get to that city, there's no sun, uh, no need for electric lights. Because it says the glory of God gives the city light. And we'll be there. So what's our response? In, in Revelation, God is showing us his glory. And as disciples of Christ, what do we do? We want to give God glory. So His glory comes to us. He's put it in our hearts through His Spirit. Jesus, Jesus is there. Now He wants us to give Him glory. And we do that just very quickly as we close three ways. First of all, by committing our lives to Christ. That's the first way that we can glorify. And Paul says that when he writes to the Romans. He says there in, in chapter 15, he says that um, God has given us this message in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. If we really want to glorify God, then we will accept what he has done for us in Christ. The greatest insult is to reject God's glory and grace. Uh, 
But if we really want to honor God, if we want to respect Him, then we will accept His glory towards us. And that, of course, is what He says in Philippians 2 that we know so well. God's exalted Jesus. Given him that name, which is by every, every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we want to glorify the Father. The first thing we do is to believe in Christ. And I came across this verse that I'd forgotten was in Revelation. Where it talks about an angel who's taking the message of the gospel to every country in the world. Every language, every group, every and he's saying with a loud voice fear God and give him glory because the hour of judgment has come give him glory and we're here today as as people who have realized, yes, praise God for what he's done for us in Christ. And, and the least that I can do as a response to that is to, com- is to commit my whole life to the Jesus who died for me. And, and linked with that is the second thing that we can do. Which we've been doing here today. Is by worship in praise. And Brother Edward brought us a message on that two weeks ago, I think. But, but this is how we give God glory. As it says in the Psalms, glorify the Lord with me. Give to the Lord the glory that's due to his name. And that's because that's what they're doing now in heaven. Those that are already there. And it says they've all gathered around the throne. And first of all, they're worshipping the Father. He says, worthy, O you are our God. To receive glory. In the next chapter, we see they're also around the throne. But now they're worshipping Jesus. And they say the same thing. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. To receive glory. 
And you know, there's there's really no greater privilege and blessing than for us to be able to give Him glory through our praise and worship. Is kapes dranit barter mezamar aritchi vul karoganak asum para banenk meryer kerov. And it's not just that we do it here today. But you know, as we come before the Lord every morning, before we start praying for anything, and uh, interceding for others, what God wants from us is that response of worship and praise. And it's wonderful just to be able to lift our hearts and say, thank you, Lord. I'm just thinking, what are the three things that Brother Edward tells us to do every morning? We thank God that he is sovereign. We thank God for his mercies that are new today. What's the third one? <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made. That's right. We will rejoice. And I don't know about you, but uh, maybe Anne more than me, but you know, people like it's nice to be able to listen to people that are worshipping. And there are so many worship CDs out in different languages. Mm-hmm. I tend to listen to Johann Sebastian Bach in his music to worship the Lord. But praise God for new songs. Mm-hmm. We can play them in the car. Or ladies, while they're doing their housework, Anne's often got them on in the kitchen, you know, the worship tapes. But you see, it helps us to give him glory. Worship and praise. And then finally, how else can we respond? We can give glory to him by our actions, by our lives. In fact, Jesus did this. Jesus says, I'm not trying to give glory to myself. No, he says, my glory comes from the Father. He says, I am living for his glory. And in that sense, he is an example uh, for us. He says to uh, the disciples, he says, um, whatever you ask in my name, I will do for you. That the Father might be glorified in the Son. So all that Christ was doing was living for the praise of his Father. And when he prays to the Father, he says this. I glorified you on earth. Having done that work that you gave me to do. And I'm sure there's a lesson there for you and I. When we get to the end of our lives. Whether it be tomorrow or 30 years time 
Can I say I have glorified you on earth? I've done what you wanted me to do. Now you might say, well, look, this is Jesus. Yes, that's true. But remember that Paul used similar words. And when he got to the end of his life, when he knew he was about to go, I finished the, fight, the race. I fought that great fight. I've kept the faith. May the Lord help us to be able to say And so in these verses, Jesus talks about himself. And then he turns to us. And he says to these disciples, he says, By this my Father is glorified in you, that you uh, bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. The Father being glorified in my life and your life. Paul says that we've been bought with a price. So what, what are we supposed to do? Glorify God in your body. Now one could bring a whole message just on the meaning of that verse. Especially in the days in which we live. Where people do all kinds of things with their body. That don't glorify God. But Paul says, you don't belong to yourselves. You've been bought with a price. The Holy Spirit's within you. So therefore, glorify God in your body. And the last verse I'm going to read is this. It says, Paul says, I tried to whether you eat or drink whatever you do do all to the glory of God. So God's glory is displayed to us. He is present in our lives as believers. And he wants to be glorified in us. So that's what we mean when we say that God's chief end for us is his glory. He shows his glory to us. We've come to know him. And through worship, praise, trust and obedience, we want to give him glory. He's given everything to us. We want to give ourselves to him. Let's just have a moment of quiet.
we glorify God by recognizing his presence in his actions. Մենք փարքինք Պերումաստծոն իրա գործերը ճանաչելով and by offering him our praise. Եվ մեր փարաբանքը իրան տալու տալով and we glorify God by being uh, channels vehicles means through which he can work to touch others ye men parking berum astzun yerp vor qarganum enk me gortsikner el enk vor astvas mer mijotsov urish kankerin shoshapi am i thankful for all these different ways in which god has shown his glory Yes, in one sense, like Moses, we can't enter in. But praise God, through that, the sacrifice of Christ, the way is open, and we can enter in. Բայց parking տալիս աստծում, որ Հիսուսի միջոցով, որ մատաղ գեղավ, մենք կարող ենք ներս մտնենք իրա ներկավիթյան մեջ։ Եվ իրա պարքն էլ կարող է մեր կյանքերի մեջ ներս մտնի։ Ենցեց էվի, որ Հիսուսը գալիս է իրա սուրպոքու But God invites us today to respond to what he has done for us. Do I really belong to him? Do I know that yes, Jesus is my savior and my Lord? Because if I have believed in him, then that is all for the glory of God. Do I know the joy of, uh, of being able each day, whether I'm on my own or with others, just to be able to worship him and to praise him? In that way, I bring him glory. What about my life? Where I go, what I do. Just as Jesus wanted to glorify his Father. Do I glorify him? Whatever you do, says Paul. Do all for the glory. Jesus, Barcelona. 